0: This is episode 6 of the Sovereign Path Podcast. I'm your host, Devin. And today my guest specializes in helping men overcome video game addiction, which is a huge social problem that is barely recognized, barely acknowledged, and isn't talked about enough, but it's nonetheless affected millions, if not billions, of people across the globe. Video game addiction is very real and the World Health Organization recognizes it as gaming disorder in their international classification of diseases and describes it as a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior which may be online or offline manifested by impaired control over gaming increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. James, it's good to see you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Yeah, thanks
1: for having me, man. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, so... You're the only man I know who specializes in coaching specifically for video game addiction. You're the first guy I've ever heard talk about it. So... What led you into wanting to coach men, and why video game addiction in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, last I checked, there's about three of us doing this online. Um, and, I mean, I hope to see that number grow in the future. But as to why I got involved, it's it's a long story. probably started... When I first played video games at around the age of three years old, and it was something that I just did every every week or so with the family. But as I got older, I started playing more and more, especially with my cousin. And then, as a teenager, when the Xbox 360 and the Call of Duty Four came out, mm-hmm. oh man, that was that was it for me. Like. The Elder Scrolls, Halo, and Call of Duty were like the trifecta for me. (laughs) And uh, what happened was gaming kind of became like my third parent. I relied on it for escape, for comfort, for overcoming challenges in in school and real life. Mm -hmm. And what happened was when I went to university and I no longer had restrictions, I was more free to be on my own and to be in charge of my own future, that's when I kind of crumbled and fell apart. So I fell pretty hard into my addiction to gaming in university. But there was a shining light at the end of the tunnel. And then in my second year, I was about nineteen, I found the world of entrepreneurship, online business and personal development. And in an effort to optimize my time to be more productive, I realized that I was playing a lot of video games, like a lot, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. was kind of ridiculous. And so I Googled, like, how do I quit video games? Uh, Not much came up, except for this one guy who runs a business called Game Quitters. So I followed his advice, I looked at what was going on with video game addiction, I was like, ah, you know, this, this really resonates with me, maybe I should try stopping, which if you knew me at the time. I was the gamer like that was my identity Mm -hmm. and me not playing video games is unheard of but I did it initially for 90 days which is what is recommended and then for eight or ten months but over the next six or seven years and to today I struggled on and off with relapses back into video game addiction for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and around about last October 2020 I came across something that changed the way that I thought about video game addiction forever. And I realised that the way that I'd been trying to quit playing in the past was completely wrong. I'd been doing it all wrong my entire adult life up until that point. And I stumbled across this guy called Aaron Carr and his easy way method of addiction, or overcoming addiction. And I tried to apply this to video game addiction, and... What happened was, I became free of video games overnight. Like, it was just a snap decision in my head. I didn't crave them, I, I quit Twitch and all this live and stuff, and it was transformational. And I tried to apply this to a few guys I knew that were struggling from my time back working with Game Quitters the year before. Um, And the results were quite profound, like these guys were just able to stop playing. Uh, I received an email a couple of days ago actually from a guy who I had a video call with 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. Just one call, that's all he had, one hour long, he's a college student, Mm -hmm. and he's been free of gaming ever since, just a snap decision made in the moment, he just Mm -hmm. changed the way he thought. And that, that led me to the world of coaching, because my friend had started a successful alcohol coaching business. And I was like, you know what? I can apply this to video game addiction. Mm-hmm. It's a growing problem. It's a it's an epidemic, pandemic. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's where I'm at today. I've got Discord community, YouTube channel, a program, coaching, all this stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. dozens of guys have completely changed their life as a result of it.
0: That's incredible. Um It seems like there's not enough guys who are having that moment that you had, that epiphany of, I have a problem, and that I'm using video games as a tool to escape. And, you know, speaking for myself, I grew up playing like the original Nintendo, and then I graduated to a Game Boy, and the next thing you know, it was PS2, and then Xbox 360, right? Um, And when I was in the Army, Gaming was and is still a popular pastime, a way to kind of de-stress or unwind. And I, yeah, I was playing Call of Duty. A lot of the Halo, you know, first-person shooters are super addictive. They're super fun, hyper-competitive, and and then obviously Skyrim, Elder Scrolls as well. And at the time, I didn't see an issue with it. You know, I'm in my early to mid 20s, but then later on, I realized like this, like I was playing it so much. That I had to kind of have a talk, I had to have a talk to myself like this isn't really that productive, you know. It's not the same as when you're watching a movie. The movie's gonna last hour and a half, two and a half hours, maybe three hours if you're watching an epic like Lord of the Rings or something. But with video games, they'll suck you in, right? I mean, we all know people or used to be those guys who would spend an entire weekend, you know, just pushing through a campaign on some video game and something that you and I've talked about along with other men in our circle is how video games have a very insidious way of hijacking the like the the heroic drive in men and boys and channeling it into the fake accomplishments that video games offer and it's it's just a cheap substitute because i've had arguments with you know people here in university younger men obviously in their late teens and early 20s and they're very enveloped in video games and a lot of them describe themselves as gamers it's a part of their identity and they've tried to argue with me about it and they always use this fallacy of well, what about pro video gamers they you know they got sponsors they make millions of dollars they you know they have a lot of clout and you know they seem like they're happy but i think you and i both know those guys are the exception they're not the rule yeah absolutely and it's
1: the statistic i love is that you're 100 times less likely to become a pro video game player as you are a pro nba player And you can apply that to any of the top sports. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Simply because so many people are playing video games. Mm -hmm. There's over 2.5 billion gamers around the world. Wow. And, like, the average... Well, I'll I'll make you guess, actually. What do you think the average, like, starting and retirement age of of a pro video gamer is? The retirement age? What age do they start and what age do they retire?
2: Shit.
0: (laughs) Um... Well if they're if they're a pro video gamer and they're making millions of dollars, they could retire young, they could retire in their twenties. So yeah, but when they're I'll, forced I'll, to retire. Oh when they're forced to retire, okay. Hmm. I'm just gonna throw something out there. I'll say I'll go with thirty five. Like twenty two. Twenty two.
1: Like so the average career is between twelve and twenty two. Wow. And if you're not a pro video gamer by the time you're like thirteen or fourteen, chances are it's not gonna work out. Hmm. Go to Twitch streaming and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. what people don't realize is that you have to treat it like a business. You can't just play games and
0: become mm-hmm. famous. So you said, so you said, forced to retire. What what forces them to retire? Because that means that they didn't choose to retire when they could have kept going. Something got in their way against their wishes and made them quit. So what is it?
1: It's usually reflexes slowing down and mm. um, just younger gamers are faster.
0: Ah, I see, and I see. With
1: games like League of Legends, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. all the top esports, you need to be quick mm-hmm. and reactive and all that stuff. But one thing you touched on early on is that guys don't realise that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is due to this widespread normalisation that's mm-hmm. occurred in video games over the last few decades. Mm-hmm. In the past it was I mean you probably remember this as well, there's always like the the weird nerdy kid that was the gamer or like it was a, a few guys that were like intensely into video games.
0: Right, they were or a sure. minority.
1: Yeah. You see it in TVs and T V shows and stuff all the time of the nineties. But now everyone is doing it. And if you're not playing video games, then you're the outsider.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet, this issue that you touched on about video games destroying this heroic drive in men Because video games are inherently very masculine Which is something I borrowed from Pastor Michael Foster from our recent 21Con visit Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's something I've never considered before You're with your friends, overcoming challenges, building stuff, Mm -hmm. slaying demons and accomplishing stuff And it's awesome you're, you're doing very masculine things, but you have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. There's no structure there that you've just spent hours building. There's mm-hmm. no community that you just held down. There's no family that you're providing for in the real world. And so all these, these urges and like fundamental needs and desires that men have for achievement and for providing and for competitiveness and escape they're all being fulfilled in video games but they're not having a lasting effect on you and all your brain sees is the like the quick hit of dopamine mm-hmm. and it doesn't care where it gets its dopamine from it's all the same whether you go skydiving whether you go a line of cocaine or play video games like your brain just sees dopamine goes up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's really that simple and so when you do this over and over and over again, day after day, for hours on end, what you're doing is numbing your brain's ability to regulate its dopamine in a healthy way. So, everything else that you do outside of video games is no longer fun, it's no longer enjoyable. You don't get the same excitement from, say, going on a hike or learning a hobby mm-hmm. that perhaps you wanted, or that someone who is like a healthy, regulated minds mm-hmm. would have and so what you're doing is you're numbing yourself over years of play mm-hmm. but all these guys are normalising it in their in their teens well it might not be a problem now in a few years time when they go off to college or university that's when the effects are going to show mm-hmm. unless there is a, an exception unless they're in a like a strong household with like firm values and discipline, and or mm-hmm. kind of things that can negate the effects. But once you go to university, what happens is I like to call it the, the digital bubble. Okay. And every time you play games, you surround yourself in a bubble that you can't see out of, but everyone can see in. Mm-hmm. And they can see what this, these video games are doing to you. They can see that you're playing fair. Like five or six hours a day, for example, it's not healthy, you're losing sleep, you're not exercising, your diet sucks, you're not drinking enough water, I could go on. Mm -hmm. But you can't see anything outside of this bubble, you can just see the game, and you can see how happy it makes you, or how stimulated it makes your brain, if you want to take it down to that base level.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And what you said, like, guys don't realize that this is a problem because they're stuck inside this bubble and they never really escape and what it takes in my experience is something to pop that bubble Mm -hmm. whether that's a traumatic experience whether it's someone shaking you and making you wake up making you realize that it's a problem or whether it's your own or whether it's on your own fruition, like going out and figuring out a cause of your problems and coming to the realisation that gaming might not be in your best interests, mm-hmm. which is what happened to me. I didn't really have anything traumatic happen, but I was like, I've got to make a change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did. And so where I'm seeing all the problems, in almost every single case, these young guys have just gone off to university. Time and time again, it's the same people having these problems. I have dealt with the occasional, like, 12-year-old, 14-year-old kids. Or you see them on the news, like, 8-year-old kids like, pissing their parents while playing Fortnite or something. Right. Like, these things happen. But the majority of it is the young men who don't know that it's a problem because mm-hmm. of how normalized it's become mm-hmm. in society, which is a similar thing that happened with porn. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm sure that's a topic we could go into for a long time.
0: oh for sure that's a rabbit hole in and of itself <laughs> well i mean the correlation between porn and and video games is because both of them are offering a cheap substitute that's not real guys can look up porn for free to get what they think is sexual gratification but that's not the same thing as actually making love to someone that you're in an intimate relationship with just like i can play doom for six straight hours and kill demons or i can play skyrim for a weekend and you know build a fake house in there and complete all these quests that's never going to like fill me with the contentment and the fulfillment and the awe of actually hiking through the mountains or the wilderness and getting to basically put my face in all of that right like being in front of a screen versus seeing the real thing. Like I went to Alaska for two weeks and you know, it was such like, I had this like moment in my head. It was kind of cringy. It was like, Oh my God, this is what Skyrim is. is this is what Skyrim is supposed to look like. This is what people want you to, to, to think when you look at that TV screen, but this is like the real fucking thing. And it's just like, there's no comparison to this. This is what everybody wants to see. This is what everybody should, should be focusing towards is, is going to some place that really does take your breath away like that. Um, but yeah, like porn, porn is just as bad. I mean, um, I'm sure there's correlations between porn addiction and I mean, really, um, there's this book. Have you ever read a book called the cyber effect by any chance? I'll have to, I'll post that book in the show notes with the author, uh, with the author. I picked it up at Barnes and Noble, which is a super popular bookstore here in the U.S. I S I don't know if you will have that in the UK or not, but I picked it up. And it's written by the psychiatrist who did a twenty five year study and she talks about technology addiction, which video game addiction falls into. And it's you know the technology addictions are a relatively nascent thing because it's it's really picked up with the millennial and gen Z uh, generations. But where it's really started off with are these parents, these negligent parents who babysit their kids with technology, right? Like how many people do you see in public and maybe I don't know if it's as bad in the UK as it is here in the US, but it's pretty common where I'll see someone babysit their kid with a tablet or an iPad or their smartphone, like, you know, their kid wants attention, tugging on the leg, and the mom or dad's like, here, just you know, watch this basically basically saying, Hey, fuck off, you know, here, distract yourself. Um I mean, look, like my parents let me play video games as a kid too, my little brother, but there was a lot of time, more times than not, where my dad, especially my dad, would come in and say, hey, you boys go outside for several hours, go play in the yard, go run around in the woods, go play with your friends. That was heavily encouraged over anything. Video games was more of a downtime thing in the evening. And this was, um, I mean, me growing up in the 90s, this was back when if you wanted to play video games socially, you had to physically invite people over. So even that was much more healthier than sitting in your room alone playing online with a headset on. At least there was still some people physically there that you really had to interact with. But the um, video game addiction and porn addiction, you know, you're both, your eyes are fixated on a screen and and I guess you could say they're both almost like subsects of technology addiction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The technology addiction umbrella is huge, mm-hmm. and almost every gaming addict I've spoken to struggles with porn as well. Almost every single one, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think it's because not only are you hardwired to seek these, these cheaper thrills, this instant <coughs> just as a result of doing these activities over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Going back to what I said about numbing your, like your brain. But it's just the generation. Like, it's became normalised. Back in the day, you had to find a magazine in the woods. And now, like, you can just turn on your phone and scroll through thousands of videos of whatever you want. And there's some horrific stuff on there. Truly horrific. Mm -hmm. And kids are watching this stuff. Like, teens, young adults, everyone. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, there's been a wave of anti-porn uh, material out there. Oh, for and sure. Fighting new drug, all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Doing amazing work. at Waking mm-hmm. people up to the, the horrors of the industry. Not just the effects of porn, but actually what goes on in the world of porn itself. Oh, the, yes. The, I don't want to call them actors and actresses, but, yeah, um, vile stuff. Mm-hmm. But with gaming and <clears> porn... If you're engaging both those activities, you're fulfilling almost every single fundamental human need. Mm -hmm. There's social connection uh, through gaming, as well as Mm -hmm. competitiveness, challenge, Mm -hmm. escape. And porn is fulfilling that need of sex and relationships, Mm -hmm. intimacy. And I always say that the three things, like sex, porn, and takeaway out sleep, you can fulfill every single human need. Mm-hmm. for those, if you go got a shelter then you're set but it's turning people into drones mm-hmm. and, uh, that's the only word I can use to describe it because when you get all your satisfaction from a screen without going into these real world places uh, like I had a similar experience when I went on this uh, three week expedition to the Yukon up in the can- in Canada
2: we mm-hmm.
1: uh, were pretty close to the Alaskan border actually, way up uh, in the center of the state, and I was looking out over these mountains and incredibly the only word I can describe as epic mm-hmm. views these landscapes. <clears throat> and I thought, like, this is what I would be doing in Skyrim I'd be going up a mountain and looking over the landscape and seeing how great it looks. Like, I've installed all these mods, the landscape looks beautiful, mm-hmm. the lighting is amazing, the sun coming down. And that was what i do on video games. i seek out these beautiful landscapes. Mm -hmm. But then when you go out and see them in real life, it does something special to you. Mm -hmm. It changes you as a man. And you realize how... kind of pointless all this time you spent playing a video game was. And while I don't... I don't think... I don't regret all the time I spent playing video games. Um, I'm not like completely against gaming. I'm not anti-gaming the same way I am Mm anti-porn. But what I am is anti or rather I'm against people who don't think there's a problem with gaming. Mm -hmm. Because what what a lot of people don't realise and there's something you might touch on later on but the gaming industry is bigger than Film and music industry combined—is it really? Yeah, way bigger. Damn. If you combine all of Hollywood, Bollywood, mm-hmm. music, even film. You could probably throw that in there, and gaming's bigger. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just, just just by revenue share, mm-hmm. and it's a startling statistic that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like, where is this money? Well, where is this? <laughs> where is all this going on? Like, right. Uh, you don't really see it. But you also don't see the fact that all the top companies are hiring dozens of psychologists and researchers to figure out how to change their games to keep you hooked. Of course. To figure out the best way to do it. They're hiring artificial intelligence experts to figure Mm out how they can target people to exploit. Like, they're... I want to go too far off this topic. Sorry, I'm going off a bit of a tangent. Oh, no, this
0: is good. I like this.
1: There are patents in place. You can look these up in the database of gaming companies that have built software that can monitor your your usage, your habits across multiple apps and platforms and games, Mm -hmm. extrapolate all this data, pinpoint which ones are going to spend the most money. Mm -hmm. Whales. They use that term from the gambling industry. And what they do is they give different discounts, different offers on microtransactions to these whales. Mm -hmm. They'll put you in lobbies like in call of duty or something with microtransactions that they think you'll like based mm-hmm. on your personality so you might get jealous of these things and then a couple of days later they'll put that item on sale after they've bombarded you with it for a couple of days and this is all going on in every game you don't realize it you think mm-hmm. you're getting randomly put with other people mm-hmm. but you're not it's all planned everything is planned in video games down to the most minute level God. Not only is there, like, this going on, and guys are spending. I think some guy spent like $200,000 on the Transformers mobile app in one month.
0: Goodness.
1: And he'd been targeted by these companies Mm -hmm. to be a whale. They they realized. But not only do you have this going on, you have gambling being marketed to kids Mm -hmm. as young as three. Mm -hmm. Like, actual. Gambling, and they're doing everything they can to skirt around this. Mm-hmm. Loot boxes have been banned in a lot of countries in Europe, mm-hmm. but now they're calling them surprise boxes or something because that's not legally restricted. Mm-hmm. And they can put that into their game, and they can release a casino into Grand Theft Auto, right. which is an 18 plus rated game, but kids play Grand Theft. Like everyone knows that kids play Grand Theft Auto. I was
0: playing Grand Theft Auto at 12. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> But there's a real casino where you can go and gamble and put real life money on. Okay, so it's definitely gotten more advanced (laughs) since I played last time.
1: Yeah, no, it's not just killing hookers in the street and (laughs) 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 escaping (laughs) the (laughs) police. Damn. Um, And yeah, it's... There's so much that goes on in the world of video games. Mm -hmm. From advertising and regulations to marketing and... uh, psychology Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they know what they're doing for sure and it's the exact same tactics that was used by smoking and Mm -hmm. alcohol and whatever industries years ago
0: social media algorithms are just as similar it seems
1: yeah absolutely everything is data nowadays Mm -hmm. which is very different from going over to your mate's house and playing street fighter on the nintendo or whatever console it was on Mm -hmm. mega drive (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> <So, laughs> the Sega. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not gaming anymore. Mhm. In a lot of, a lot of circumstances. Yeah. It's an attention economy. It's it's a method for them to keep you playing. Mm-hmm. For as long as possible. Mhm. Because they want you to get Hooked and they don't want you to see it as normal mm-hmm. because how many people have you heard say that they play video games to improve their reflexes
0: or to relax more? man um believe it or not i know one guy who was stupid enough to try to run that by me um yeah. we got into an yeah. argument last year and so he's he's in the military still and he knows that i was a veteran for a long time and I opened up this argument calmly and was talking to him about I was talking to him about video game addiction. Now I still occasionally like every blue once in Blue Moon, I'll pay I'll play Doom for like three hours or so or I might play play Skyrim a little bit. Um I would say I'm at an age and stage of my life where video games are nowhere close to a priority even for entertainment, but every now and then I like to, you know, switch things up. But what I was I was talking about was uh video game addiction, how it's detrimental And the reason why it's detrimental is because it doesn't build any real-world skills. And this is one of the guys who had tried to argue the the pro-gamer fallacy with me before. But he wasn't able to use that one with me anymore. So he tried to switch it up and say, well, it helps out with your hand-eye coordination. And I said, yes, it does if you're playing video games. You know, yeah, if you played thousands of hours of Call of Duty, you, you could easily be a competitive gamer in Call of Duty. But I said, outside of that, outside of video games... The hand-eye coordination is not going to do you any good i was like it's not going to do you any good with weapons it's not going to do you any good with actual martial arts skills which i have years of experience in both of those things and then he tried to argue that it does and then i kept shutting him down and kept shutting him down and finally he lost his emotional cool and blew up and made him made an ass out of himself in front of his own friends and uh since then, thankfully he hasn't tried to argue with me. I think he kinda realized that he shot himself in the foot. But that's the only that's really the only time someone's ever tried to try to pull that on me.
1: Well that used to be me. Okay. Yeah. So it improves my reflexes and hand eye coordination. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Like you you I mean, you had first hand experience with this actually. You took me to the shooting range for the first time.
2: Uh-huh.
1: The amount of digital guns that I've shot in my life but when I was holding that handgun mm-hmm. on the range my hands were shaking mm-hmm. for the first like for the first time doing it and admittedly I went on to become a crack shot SES sniper but <laughs> it was uh, it was like nothing could ever have prepared me for that moment right no man of video games <clears throat> no reflexes know nothing mm-hmm. in a ride or die situation they're not going to help you mm-hmm. and it's these myths get perpetuated time and time again mm-hmm. the same goes for video games being relaxing I don't think I've ever played video games until like 10, 11 pm and be more relaxed than if i would just read a book or something <laughs>
0: yeah you know what that is, that is really spot on
1: yeah, they just don't... Even if you're playing Skyrim, it's not relaxing. You're just mentally stimulated all the time. Mm-hmm. And you might be tired when you go to sleep because, yeah, you just deprived yourself of sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> for a few hours Like your Your body's drained because mm-hmm. it's so hyped up all the time and you, you stop doing it. And
0: all that blue light absorption.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, no one's going to play Skyrim with a blue light filter. No? Mm-hmm. Terrible. And there's so many of these myths... And I never hear anyone say they play video games just because it makes them happy. Mm -hmm. Play all the guys I. This is more um, specific to video game addiction. But all of them, I ask them like, why do you play video games? And they say to play with friends and to do whatever else. So, so you don't play to make yourself happy. You don't do it for enjoyment. And they, it takes them a bit of time to think about this. Because it's kind of like a, like a brick hitting you. You
2: mm-hmm.
1: spend all these years gaming and you never stop to think of why you're actually playing. And usually you're just misguided. Like you've been. You say the same thing about alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's always good to like, use the familiar al- analogy. Whenever you see people drinking in films, TV, in life, whatever, they're always portrayed as being happy and mm-hmm. laughing and healthy and friendly and fit and having a good time. They don't show you the throwing up on your floor at five in the morning and mm-hmm. getting into fights and being angry and breaking relationships and doing whatever else. And
0: crying in the corner. And,
1: yeah, crying. I'd like all this stuff isn't showed. Mm-hmm. You funneled this myth of what Drinking is supposed to be like, mm-hmm. and I drink from time to time, but I don't. I don't binge drink like what I did in university anymore. Mm-hmm. But once you realise that you're fed these myths of drinking or porn or drugs or whatever else it might be, mm-hmm. you pick any stimulation or stimulating activity. Once you realise that these are all Perpetuated by society, by the industry, mm-hmm. to to make this activity more normalised and to make it seem like a healthy alternative to life—just plug in and switch off, and you'll be happy and you'll you'll like it. Mm-hmm. That's that's like that's been the fundamental shift in digital technology and digital activities over the last 20 or 30 years mm-hmm. it's going from an enjoyable hobby with your friends to an uh, escape away from real life because real life is supposed to be hard it's supposed to be difficult you're supposed mm-hmm. to have a tough time just just turn on the turn on the console you'll be fine in just a few hours right. and that's killing men mm-hmm. all across the world yeah Millions and millions of men from USA to Canada and UK Mm -hmm. India, China it is causing untold problems that we haven't even begun to see the effects of yet Right There are men who come to me in their 30s you have a newborn kid sometimes 2 or 3 and they're neglecting them to play video games Right There are men who have have no direction, they have no motivation, no testosterone, mm-hmm. no fire, no mm-hmm. desire to improve. And whether this is all video games, I don't think is true, it's a mix of a lot of things, but mm-hmm. video games provide that space for you to escape. Mm-hmm. They let you feel as though everything is alright for a time. And as soon as you turn it off, you're back into the real world. Pick yourself up go to your job come home and you can escape back into the digital world mm-hmm. and what this is doing to so many men is what you said earlier it's ridding them of their heroic drive to conquer to provide to build not just a better life themselves but for a better life for everyone around them mm-hmm. sweet experiences in 21com when you put a group of great guys together doesn't just uplift yourself, it uplifts everyone. Mm -hmm. And it has an effect, a ripple effect on the community, on your family, on everyone you know. Mm -hmm. And if you have a population of men that are playing video games, watching porn, escaping, eating junk food, not only are they easy to control, they're probably pretty weak, with thin necks. (laughs) 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 uh, (laughs) <clears throat> I don't
0: know how to describe it Apart from just sad Yeah Oh, and it it enables cowardice I was, I was just having this thought Bubble up in my head You know If you lose a video game So fucking what? You can always start over again, right? You die mm-hmm. And you get to respawn You fail the mission insight. You get to go back to level 5 And restart the mission And you're a little bit wiser Now you know What little traps to evade Or Or If you really don't even want the, I don't know, the proper challenge of the video game, you can still cheat, punch in a cheat code or a mod that puts you on god mode so you can just tank through everything, or you can look up a strategy guide online. There were times where I'd play a video game and it would be so difficult for me to traverse through something, I'd pull up a strategy guide. And while for sure there are ways to get real life strategy guides for real life, so if a man is struggling in a certain field he can reach out to an expert if he wants to invest the money and time to do so and it'll help him get a leg up on competition or just with himself. But unlike video games, in real life when you fuck up, the consequences are much more dire. They're, mu- they're really humiliating. You might get some good-natured ribbing from friends if you get your butt handed to you in Call of Duty You come in last place, you get no kill streak or whatever. You get some good natured ribbing, but it's it's typically never personal unless you go on like maybe like an Xbox chat room and someone's laying out your mother's very colorful sex life that you didn't know about or they're calling you the N word or whatever. But even then even then you can always turn off your head, mic and put that down and say to yourself, Well, so what? That's some that's some autistic Stranger on the internet. No one cares. But when you fail in real life or even take the risk to fail in real life, everything is much more amplified. It impacts you differently. Um, The people who want you to fail are going to use that to pick you apart. And I think that that daunts a lot, of, a lot of men and a lot of boys, especially in generation, like I said, the, the Zoomers. And I hate, to, I hate to pick on Zoomers like that, but I see this on a daily basis. And I see the same problems with millennial guys too, is that a lot of these men have not been equipped for whatever reason with the proper courage to go out and try to conquer real-life obstacles. And that's what we need. We need more men who are willing to take a hard look at themselves and realize that video games are never going to substitute for real life accomplishments. Just like porn is never going to substitute for real intimate relationships and sex. Just like being addicted to sports is also not a real life accomplishment. We didn't win anything. The sports team that you like wants something. You sat on your ass and drank beer all day and ate nachos. It seems to me that these problems are connected like you said, these men, they don't have the drive. You know, their energy has been sapped. Their testosterone has really descended. Men need to wake up and ignite that fire in them again and go out and conquer and be willing to fail and get back up on their feet again after they've had their dick knocked in the dirt and try and try again. But with the way that everything's been set up, with video games, with Netflix, with porn, with social media... Like what you were saying earlier, it preys on people and it sees them as a resource to be harvested. They literally call them whales. What a fucking derogatory term to use. A whale. You know what we used to do to whales? We used to get on ships, go out to the middle of the ocean and chuck harpoons in them, drag them into the ship, cut them open and take their fucking oil, take all their meat, take their blubber. So think about this for people who are listening who have a video game addiction or know someone who has a video game addiction that you care about. That's how they see them. They see them as this fat, rich source to drain for the rest of their life, keep them hooked up, and just drain them. Drain them of money, drain them of their life source, of their drive, of their fucking joy. To me, that seems evil. It's a very evil thing. And I'm not completely against video games either, but you have to have the discipline to know, okay, I can play for a few hours every now and then, just like you would sit down and watch a movie every now and then, or perhaps a couple of episodes of your favorite TV show, But there comes a time where you have to turn the screen off and focus back on real life. Make sure you're paying your bills, keeping a roof over your head. If you have kids, or even if you have a dog, make sure you're giving them time. They rely on you. I don't care what your fucking accomplishments in Call of Duty are. How is your kid turning out? How is your son or daughter functioning in real life? How are you functioning in real life? Are you passing your classes? Are you... Getting promoted at work? How is your relationship with your girlfriend or boyfriend, your fiance, your husband or wife? How are how is your relationship with your parents, your siblings? These things fucking matter. How is your relationship with your friends? Do y'all have real friendships. You know what kind of men do you have in your life as a man yourself? Because video games are not going to give you that. You have to create that yourself here in meat space, not in a virtual online world. Nothing we really do online fucking matters. You know, I hate to... to Like like you said, people get caught up in a fucking bubble and the bubble needs to be bursted. We need a perception shift in society because a lot of people are sucked into a screen right now and they think that's all that matters. Yeah.
1: You said it perfectly. More men need to fail. Yeah. And... More men need to face up to that guy that... Is when the loading screen comes on and the screen goes black, you see that reflection of yourself mm-hmm. looking back in the video game. And no one likes that reflection. No. <laughs> no one looks at that and goes, Damn, he's living a healthy, fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. No, you just finished a funnel of pizza into your mouth and <laughs> chugged a Red Bull, and, <laughs> and you're at 2 a.m. in the morning. Right. It's, it's, it's those times when you're in your darkest moments, mm-hmm. you can't retreat to the comfort of video games, to porn, to junk food, to TV, whatever it is, whatever your vice is. Mm-hmm. And that's what separates men from... I don't even know what to call them. Drones, slobs, fats? I don't know. <laughs> fats.
0: <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah, there's a thousand different terms, none of them are good, none of them are going to make you feel good, and it's not what you want to be remembered as towards the end of your life, I mean.
1: Yeah, you're not going to wish that you played, you just got 50 more headshots and a lot of that golden gun on Call of Duty, mm-hmm. when you're 85 or whatever on your deathbed. Right. Um, 200 in our case,
2: with our mammoth DNA. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: what you're going to wish is that you spend more time with family friends relationships Mm -hmm. hobbies nature life in general Mm -hmm. because it's not a substitute Mm -hmm. and these like you can accomplish a lot in a video game in an hour or two like you can complete missions and travel the world overcome incredible adversity in the span of a couple of hours mm-hmm. you can't do shit in a couple of hours in real life like on the, in the grand scheme of things you can't mm-hmm. like it, it's a meaningless amount of time really mm-hmm. uh, unless you're listening to this podcast and it's the best two hours you'll ever spend it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> facts it, <laughs> it's like these these G codes they don't exist in real life Mm -hmm. but you have to put yourself through this this fire, this Mm -hmm. darkness over and over again if you want to grow Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and what people never really do is make it out of that they don't reach orbit basically, they're not able to escape from this bubble
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and there's a a concept in, in physics with atoms and electrons and stuff where if the electrons in an atom want to escape if they want to join two things together one of the atoms needs to connect to the other one and it needs to reach a certain energy level to do so mm-hmm. and these are like certain states it's it depends the energy depends on the strength of the mind, like all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but a similar thing happens in real life most people spend their life at this base level of energy it's kind of flat it's level one just coasting through life no real happiness but no real sadness no joy no fulfillment but they're they're getting by and then something happens an event or something makes them realize that there's a problem they get a spur of energy this burst of motivation and they might make it to level Mm 2 reaching close to this orbit which is let's say level 4 some people are consistent with this And they keep putting in the effort. Maybe they go to the gym, maybe they take part in new hobbies, go dancing, music, whatever else. And they get to level three and they're like, damn, life is pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. I should keep doing this. And then they become free of their vices, they build an incredible life, they're happy Mm -hmm. and healthy and having a wonderful time. And they they make it, they get out of orbit. But most people keep jumping between level one and two. And it's this is where I was for a long, long time, and I've been in some dark places with my video game addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, at my worst, I was playing like over thirty hours straight, and even like my lowest point is when I was quite successful on Twitch. I was a streamer mm-hmm. playing this indie game, it was doing really well, but it was the lowest point in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, just a couple of months later, I was in this high again, and then dropped down because I wasn't consistent with this lifestyle because what what a lot of people don't realise is that when you stop playing video games you suffer exactly the same withdrawal symptoms as someone who's quit drugs or gambling or smoking or drinking Mm -hmm. exactly the same you're physically shaking and feel sick and headaches nauseous and fatigued and cranky everything else they might not be as severe in some cases someone who's coming down from meth mm-hmm. or heroin or something but mm-hmm. they're very much the same in their own way and what this does to people is they try to stop playing video games or they try and quit porn and I mean, mm-hmm. you've experienced this as well something just tugs at you in your mind like just, just pulls on your your Like, your brain just a little bit to get you back in, to hook you back into the digital world. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And if you resist, you keep going, then you'll get to level three, level four. And if you don't, you'll fall back to level one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the cycle I... I went in and out of video games over a dozen times since I was 19. And it wasn't until I learned to... See video games for the things that it for what it really was all the things we discussed earlier the myths of gaming, mm-hmm. this idea of having an addictive personality which just doesn't exist. Um, people like an addictive personality comes about because people engage repeatedly in addictive behaviors, mm-hmm. and you wire yourself to become more uh, inclined to indulge in addictive behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so once I saw gaming for what it was, and I relinquished control through all these methods that I, I figured out, that's when I reached level three and level four. And yeah, I still have difficult times. I still go through dark places and dark moments. Sure, sure. It's no longer because of video games. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's real life. Right. <laughs> it's just what it is. It's... Real life being
0: hard. Yeah. As it, should be. it seems like there's a huge cognitive dissonance between people who are very enveloped in video games and the way that video games are structured in general. Like you're talking about earlier. you know. Okay, so I'll use Elder Scrolls as an example because this is the one that pops up to me, right? You can master a skill in Elder Scrolls like blacksmithing or swordsmanship literally in a matter of hours. You can literally become a master smith and craft some badass dragon slaying axe or sword or bow and then you can max out the skill tree for that weapon, your archery or your sneaking ability. But like you said, when it comes to actually mastering something in real life like a pistol, a rifle, actually being able to smith something out of metal whether it's a weapon or a trinket, being a jewel smith coding, any any applicable life skill being a mechanic, that takes years, takes decades. And really when you talk to people who are experts in these fields, they never really reach perfection. They're still pursuing the next level of that craft. And it's the same thing for martial arts as well. When you look at top level boxing champions, mixed martial artists, black belts, they're always still pursuing mastering their craft. That's what real life is. And there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of failures. There's a lot of being embarrassed and being laid low. Like that sucks. And that feeling that feeling of depression, that feeling of anger, of humiliation, that serves a purpose. And I don't like it. Look, losing fucking sucks. Losing sucks. Failing sucks. Alright guess what though? It's 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 supposed to. And you can tuck your fucking tail between your legs and go back to video games, but at the end of the day, running away is cowardice. And if you want real life fulfillment, real life joy, because that, that's the best feeling in the world. There's no video game in the world that can replicate that feeling. I don't care what advertisements for video games say, and I don't care what you feel, whatever dopamine rush you feel in your head when you've completed a mission, guess what? James and I have felt that a hundred times playing video games. We know what you're talking about. Come talk to me when you've scaled a fucking mountain or when you successfully approached that pretty girl that you've been crushing on for fucking months or weeks or whatever or you got that job that you've been working hard for or you won that martial arts tournament. Something. When you finally hit that bullseye with a rifle or pistol after you've been plying your trade for months or years. When you've won something that matters in real life, that feeling... Cannot be replicated in any video game ever. There is no technology for that. That's what you should be striving for as a man. That's how you know you've made it. That's how you know you've made your mark. That's what you're going to be fucking thinking about. I guarantee it. This is what you're going to be thinking about when you're laying on your fucking deathbed. That's what your kids and your grandkids are going to talk about when you're gone. They're going to talk about something like that that you did, some real show of courage, some real show of mastery. Some real show of honor. Some real show of strength. That's what fucking matters in this world. And that's what men all need to focus on. Myself, James, everyone. That's what really fucking matters in this world. Tangible things. Not video games. That's very well said. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything. It's funny. The, <laughs> it's just the idea of uh, becoming a Master Smith and- two or three hours so I did that in Sky every mm-hmm. breakthrough. and yeah you see people been doing this for 50 years who wouldn't call themselves a master smith mm-hmm. and they didn't get a do over they right. can't just like if something goes wrong they can't revert the progress they have to you have to own up mm-hmm. to mistakes you have to look this shame this guilt in his, in mm-hmm. his face and you can't retreat yeah and, It's cowardice. It it really is. Mm -hmm. And once you... Once you can make that... If you can solidify that in your mind, that the next time you're going to encounter this, this darkness, that you're not going to retreat. You're not going to open up a video game instead of sending an email or writing an article or whatever it is you're doing. And you're not going to retreat to porn, you're not going to order junk food. If you can make that decision and a promise to yourself and promise to your friends, that's going to make the world a difference in the long run. Because while it might not seem like you're doing much damage if you just turn on video games or whatever else just for an evening and just escape from whatever problem you're having, it's still going to be there when you quit when you turn it off. Except now you've got to think about it while you're trying to sleep, which is even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, for sure. Turning, these thoughts turning around in your head. And instead of just dealing with it, and I, I know sometimes it's not as easy as just dealing with a problem. Mm-hmm. Like some, sometimes it's more complex, but certainly a lot better than running away. Because mm-hmm. that's going to have a knock-on effect every single time you do it. Next time you, if, if anyone is listening to this and struggling with playing too many video games, which I would classify as more than like a few hours every day, if you're doing even a few hours every day, what are you doing with your evenings? You're <laughs> so productive. Um, I would ask you to think about like, what, what is it you're avoiding by playing or by retreating so often into this addiction? what is the one thing that you know you should be doing that you're escaping from right now? For me, it's always been like building a business or working online or doing something. I've always been escaping something. Mm -hmm. Games. Even relationships.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Or just one bad thought or emotion that you let poison your entire day. You just want to get away from it in the virtual world and Mm -hmm. everything will wash away. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> it's still there You just haven't dealt with it mm-hmm. And it's uh, I don't know It's so tough For men nowadays mm-hmm. Because they're told not to do this Right They're told not to stand up for themselves And be courageous and to be men It's a bad thing To be a man now Apparently yes. so probably racist in some way as well. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, we're probably literally Hitler just for talking about this.
1: Yeah, like don't bottle of milk. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> <shy>, it's a <laughs> for me to be called out for this. And people always made this argument. Doom is always brought up as like a masculine, powerful, hardcore video game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like it's a great role model or something, and it's great... <laughs> example of masculinity I don't know there's so many things people have said about Doom but none of it makes any sense when you think about it like these these aren't real yeah every character in a video game has been designed by some dude in a or some woman in a room on a computer right and yet people use them as shining examples of role models to aspire to whether it's admittedly Master Chief was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of examples now in modern video games of people that are just weak or they're cowardly or mm-hmm. whatever else because you're not like these aren't real people for you to look up to in the same way mm-hmm. as someone might look up to I don't know Ian Ian Smith Ian
0: Smith Yes, Ian
2: Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Or Ryan Mickler or Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. so these are guys that people can look up to that are tangible that have done real things and mm-hmm. fought demons and conquered evil and built incredible lives the damn emperor in Skyrim is not not the emperor the, the Yarl in Skyrim mm-hmm. hasn't done that right like he's just
0: a character he's a bunch pictures. of pixels yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> and yet you get so engaged in this, to use the Skyrim temple, there's a civil war that you can engage in. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we did this, I was so caught up on which side I should take. Right. Like, it was a huge decision for me. To take the Empire or the uh, Stormcloaks or whatever else it is. It's been so long since I played. Mm-hmm. But, like, that decision just does not matter. Right. And I was putting so much energy into these men. Mm-hmm. These <laughs> virtual <individual laughs> worlds, right? And if I just invested the three thousand hours I put into Skyrim or something, whatever it is, mm-hmm. into seeking out a real a role models, real men to look up to, then it would have completely changed my life. But instead, we get invested, and this big thing that we haven't really touched on, but this, the idea of identity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it's the number one reason why gamers don't want to stop playing video games is because of their identity mm-hmm. and one little four letter word stops them which is fear and whether or not gamers like hardcore gamers know this or not it's usually subconscious but if someone even mentions the idea that games are bad or that they should reduce their play time, or focus on other things the alarm bells start ringing in their mind mm-hmm. Because if you take video games away from them what do they have? Yeah. they have nothing, they have no friends they have no entertainment, they have no hobbies no life might have a job or something but apart from that you strip away video games and you're left with a hollow shell and they know this deep down subconsciously mm-hmm. their brain knows this and it's going to do everything it can to keep them playing video games whether that's convincing mm-hmm. them about how healthy they are and coming up with all these excuses, of, like how much they enjoy them, mm-hmm. despite scrolling through hundred games in the Steam library with nothing sparking any enjoyment whatsoever,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or like, oh, maybe if I install some mods on my game, then I'll be able to enjoy it again. Right. This isn't like this is just the brain's response, but like, this is brain's fear response to something that could completely derail their life mm-hmm. because they haven't built anything. Right. they haven't done what men for millennia have done which is look at something in the world and come up with an idea and build it and make it reality men move mountains they cross the oceans and build houses and raise families and mm-hmm. provide and protect but if you spend the last 10 years playing video games for 6 hours every single day like I have
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is the realisation I came to years ago I had nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. I was the best Call of Duty player in my school by far, and I did nothing mm-hmm. with it. I had a golden gun, <laughs> a few of them, and all the challenges. And sure, I could like 50 kills and 4 deaths in a game or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had no experience, no job, no friends, no nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And having to stare at that, that empty self in the mirror and being okay with it, that's what will ultimately decide whether you're able to build a life without video games or with less video games. Because if you see that dark side of yourself and retreat, and you're cowardly, and you go back to video games and pretend everything's okay, ten years you're going to look back and nothing's going to have changed. Mm-hmm. But if you become okay with the fact that you're going to have to rebuild, and you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, you're going to have to fail, you're going to have to struggle, you're going to have to go through hell to build a life for yourself. If you can do that, and be okay with that fact, the YGMI, you're going to make it like you really are. It's, it's, that, it's that mindset that separates the people who fail, the people who succeed, the people that gets stuck. You you hear old people say this all the time, like, where did the time go? Mm-hmm. Time just flew by. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because they don't create new experiences. As a child, as a young kid, you're experiencing something new every single day. And time seems to last forever. But when you're old, you're doing the same thing every single day and your brain fills in the gaps. It just acts on autopilot because you've been doing it so often the mm-hmm. same thing happens with video games if you just this is a very broad person I don't know if this person exists but you just <laughs> you just go to work come home play video games, sleep, wake mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. Live, sleep, whatever you're going to look back in 5-10 years and just think shit, what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. but then you're you're no longer 22, 25 you're in your 30s you're approaching 40 and it's gonna be a hell of a lot harder to rebuild at that age.
2: Yeah.
1: You might have a family and, and like a mortgage and attachments, all these things, like and all of a sudden one day you're just gonna stop playing or stop watching porn, whatever it is, whatever your vice is. It could be food, it could be drinking, it doesn't matter. People you said this to me recently when I turned twenty five or twenty six, sorry, mm-hmm. a few months ago. You said people don't care anymore. Like it's people are no longer sympathetic to your problems as they once were. Yeah. They can't chalk it up to age and immaturity. And if you're in your thirties or forties and you're still playing hours of video games every day, it's going to be so hard—not even just to rebuild, but it's so hard to own up to that. Mm-hmm. As a sunk cost fallacy, you've already invested twenty plus years of time into video games and you're going to endlessly think about all the time you wasted all the time you could have put into other activities other hobbies and it's going to be rough right it's going to be so hard so if you're a young guy it's genuinely like put my heart like goes out to you just please just evaluate what like, what your habits are like with video games and whether they're destructive or constructive to the life that you want to build for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's all that matters. Where do you want to be in ten years? Mm-hmm. Well, five years, even. Six months. Now, I'm a different person than I was six months ago. Yeah, me too. Six-month-old me was stupid. Like an idiot. Like, <laughs> <they were laughs> beyond, like, immature. And, and now I'm going to look back another six months and think, what was I thinking? Right. <sighs> And it's just, that's the way it goes, but uh, that's the cycle of growth. Mm -hmm. And you're never never content with where you're at. You're never finished. You're never satisfied.
2: Mm -hmm. But that's
1: that's what's great about being a man.
2: Yeah.
1: It's that desire to just keep going and keep fighting for more. More for yourself, more for your family, Mm -hmm. more for the people in your life. And it doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't go away, but it doesn't doesn't suck as much as people think it does to begin with. This constant journey of improving, self development.
0: They make the monster in their head yes to be much bigger and more powerful than it really is. Absolutely. You know, for you guys that are listening and you're you're caught up in these vices, these video game addictions and essentially living a vicarious life you're not really living your own life you're not really developing yourself your own personality you're not finding spiritual mental physical fulfillment you know if i'm i'll use a somewhat cringy video game analogy here right so video games are typically defined by the bosses that you have to defeat right some dragons, some giant demon what the fuck ever well, you should think about real life like that. It's a series of challenges, and you have to defeat some kind of boss thing. Whether it's like legitimate, if you go to a martial arts competition and you have to best your opponent, or, you know, getting that promotion at work, completing that project, something, real life challenges, surmounting a mountain on a hiking trip. Again, there is nothing in any video game that can replicate how good that feels. And I know, speaking as a man, for a lot of you young guys out there you're full of a lot of anger and resentment but you don't want it bad enough you need to want it bad enough because that video game is substituting what you want in real life what do you want in real life only you know that you want some kind of career that excites you you want a beautiful woman to be in love with to potentially have kids with you want a nice comfortable home in a location that's pleasing to your eyes you're better suited getting off your ass and striving to do those things and to earn those things. And the sooner you start, the sooner you can have this humiliating conversation with yourself, the sooner that that real life humiliation will dissipate through compounding efforts of you unfucking yourself. You need to unfuck yourself. You need to unfuck yourself now. Because guess what? Like we just talked about, no one gives a fuck about you as a man. But being a man is fucking awesome. It is awesome. It will always be more awesome to be, than being a boy. When you can actually have agency over your life and make your own decisions and stop giving a fuck what pe- what society thinks about you. Look, the average guy right now is a fucking loser. And it brings me no joy to say that, but that's the truth. The average guy right now is a fucking loser. The bar for being a man is has never been lower. Alright, now I'm not saying that this life is easy, but as you get stronger, as you accrue more skills and become more valuable, it gets easier. Opportunities will become more abundant, and I mean opportunities everywhere, with jobs, with friendships, with fixing things that you fucked up in the past, with starting relationships with women, with just becoming a better version of yourself. If you want to master something, master being a fucking man. Alright? I, I understand, statistically speaking, that some of you listening to this are going to be like, yeah, fuck those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. And some of you aren't even going to have the intelligence capacity to think about that. It's just going to bounce off your fucking head. Well, for that small minority of you that that describes, that sucks. For the rest of you, who do want it, and you're questioning, and you're trying to figure out how, you need to start today, alright, and, and and but remember, Rome wasn't built in a day, so understand that this is going to take some time, and that's okay, that's how it's supposed to be, that's how it's been with myself, and James, and a lot of other guys that we know who are way higher up the mountain now than they used to be. You need to get off your ass and you need to start building your life today. You need to start making your life an adventure. You'd be surprised the amount of stuff that you can get away with and the amazing things that you can do. And none of it's morally bad. None of it's legally bad. You're not going to have your life fucking ruined. It's simply you grabbing destiny by the throat and realizing your goals and your dreams and manifesting them into reality through compounding effort. And going back to the drawing board when things don't work out. And and figuring out what you need to do right the next time. You can get second chances at life, but you have to make them happen. They're not going to come to you. You can can say a thousand affirmations in the mirror a day. It's not going to matter. You need action. And a lot of what you got, like, you need more action than you twiddling your thumbs on a game controller. Yeah, because
1: that feels like action.
0: Yeah, right, it feels like action, but again, it's a, it's a cheap substitute. It's a cheap yeah. substitute.
1: And it's, you mentioned, the guys are angry, but it's misdirected anger. Mm-hmm. And this idea that men shouldn't be angry has become popular. Mm-hmm. Like men shouldn't be aggressive and angry.
0: Yeah, that's toxic, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, as long as you direct by in a healthy direction. Like, yeah, it's... That's your superpower. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Fuel it. stuff sure. If you're angry after your situation right now, don't turn on a video game and think that slaying a thousand demons in Doom or whatever is going to fix it. Do something with your time. It's going to build that life. It's going to provide what it is you want. It's going to provide true fulfillment. And that's really that simple. Like, take, people say to do no fat and no porn or whatever. Mm -hmm. Take 30 days off gaming. It's not going to change your life. Like, in a negative way. It's not going to, what what are you going to miss? Like, if you're 100% honest with yourself, what is going to be detracted from your life by not playing video games for 30 days? Maybe you won't talk to a few people, but you can still chat to them on Discord, I don't know, whatever you talk to them on. Mm-hmm. Have an online board game night or something, I don't know, just click, whatever, <laughs> like whatever, there's, don't Like there's really nothing you're going to be missing out on. Mm-hmm. And then channel those 30 days into something productive. Mm-hmm. You can always go back afterwards if you want, but if you really dedicate yourself like I mentioned, you can't really accomplish much in two hours, but mm-hmm. you can accomplish a lot in 30 days, mm-hmm. in 90 days, in six months, mm-hmm. a hell of a lot. You can start a business in six months, Yeah, making money online. Mm-hmm. You can, oh, I don't know, get an online qualification and start a new job, in, mm-hmm. go move to Thailand. That's what I did. Yeah. I mean, you just need to earn like a grand a month on th- in, online, and you can live in Thailand forever. <laughs> <laughs> It's that simple. And if you really focus those thirty days without gaming, without porn, then you will—you won't even recognize the person you were at the start of it. Because you'll—if this has been your life, and I think Devin can attest to this as well with like quitting porn or masturbation. If this is what you've always known, then once you stop doing it you're gonna feel things that you've never felt before feel emotions anger Sent like all these senses are going to come back to you mm-hmm. your testosterone is going to spike up and down like it's going to suck for the first week or 2 Well, like, it's going to go up and down <laughs> right <laughs> some days you'll feel like superman some days you'll feel like a slug like it's just it's tough, but if you make it through those first couple of weeks and um, to thirty to ninety days even is the ideal time. You're gonna be so content mm-hmm. in life. You're gonna find happiness in the simplest things. Like the leaves changing colours outside. It's a beautiful time of the year at the moment. Mm-hmm. The light outside my window every morning is biblical in yeah. beauty. Like it's incredible. And you start to notice these things, and you start... Your relationships improve. Mm-hmm. You can talk to women. Like, it's not a problem. You just see them as a human being that mm-hmm. just wants to enjoy life as much as you do.
2: You're
1: going to get a great body, so you're going to work out. You're going have loads of energy. Mm-hmm. All this free time. They all free up, like, four, day, four hours of time every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which it's going to improve your sleep you're going to wake up early, you're going to feel better you're going to eat better, you're going to exercise you're going to have new hobbies new friends, new everything In 30 days 30 damn days yeah. <laughs> that's all it takes to change your life and I'm not going to tell everyone to quit video games and do whatever you have to make that choice yourself mm-hmm. but it's worth trying mm-hmm. and that's all I'll say to any guys that are like on the fence just yeah. try it out Have you ever tried a 30-day exercise routine or diet or something? Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of thing. It's an experiment on yourself. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it could be the best experiment you ever do. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, that is spot on. And you could even go so far as to think, well, I don't want to miss out on video games. Well, I'll offer you this. What are you missing out on right now that video games is distracting you from? What sensations and emotions are being numbed by your addictions right now? Because James is right, once you've quit a degenerate habit, which for me was porn consumption, video games, alcohol, being a typical degenerate in my early 20s, I didn't realize what I was numb to. I didn't realize how bad my dopamine receptors had been fried, for lack of better words. And what I experience now versus back then is just night and day difference. I didn't really truly understand how brilliant life is. I didn't realize the depth at which it can impact me, which it still does impact me. You could have that too. You can have that too. And why don't you deserve to have that? I mean, I don't know where you all self-esteem is at, but I, I understand that most people, when they're caught in the grips of addiction, you don't really have self-esteem. I know I sure as hell didn't. A lot of it comes from really low sense of worth and maybe that's something that you were told your whole life maybe you were told that recently and it's left you vulnerable and wounded maybe possibly this is the first time you're hearing someone tell you that your life fucking matters and guess what you and you alone subscribe the worth to your life as a man that worth is held in esteem by other people based on what you bring to the table You have to give your life value. You do. No one else can really give your life value. Obviously, your mom is probably always going to love you and tell you that you're special and all this and that and the other, which is good. Your mom is supposed to tell you that, and that's how she's supposed to feel for you. But you have your own objective worth that you have to earn as a man. You need to bring something to the table for yourself, for those that you claim to care about. You need to build your worth. And you can build your worth, and you should build your worth, and it feels good, and it's supposed to feel good. You can you can do that every day with the choices that you make. They're your choices. No one makes them for you. You make them. You have to make them. No one else is going to fucking make them for you. I mean, look, people can make choices for you, but it's never going to be in your interest. It's going to be their interest, right? Like the video game companies, they're going to make your choices. Yeah, buy this, buy this new fucking DLC package. That's not in your best interest. They're just trying to reach their hand in your wallet again. And they're going to continue draining you and you're going to continue being spiritually fucking numb and emotionally numb and psychologically stunted. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling being a slave. It's not a good feeling admitting that you might be getting fucking conned. The sooner you can break out of this, the sooner you can showcase some fucking courage and get out of this, is the sooner that you can liberate yourself and look in the mirror and say, I'm a man worth respecting. No one likes the self-cannibalizing, gnawing feeling in your stomach of looking in the mirror and feeling like a fucking fraud and not feeling like you're an adequate man. No one likes that fucking sensation. And being a video game addict is like being any other kind of addict, whether it's a porn addict, an alcoholic, a drug addict, whatever. You're an inadequate man. You don't have to be like that. Even if you're like that right now, you don't have to continue being that way. But you do need to have the hard conversation that if you're caught in the grips of an addiction, you're inadequate. You have a horrible inadequacy that does not have to be you for the remainder of your life, though. You can make the decision to stop doing that right now. And I strongly encourage you to do that. Because there are people on the other side of that addiction who are there waiting for you. Who are there encouraging you to break out of these chains and get better. But you have to believe that. And you have to want it. Because people can show you how to do it. But you have to walk that path. And you're either going to do it. You're either going to do that. Or you're not. And if you don't fucking do it. You're not going to make it. You're not. You're you're going to live and die. A sad individual. And you're going to be a lesson. For what a man should never become. You don't have to be that. You could be another triumph story you can be the hero of your own journey fuck being the dragonborn in skyrim how about you become the fucking hero that you need yourself to be that your parents need you to be that your future wife or current wife or girlfriend need you to be how about those of you who have a fucking son or daughter how about you be their fucking hero the people in halo that don't fucking exist they don't need master chief to save the fucking galaxy for the 10th fucking playthrough your kids need you to show the fuck up and be their dad and teach them how to be a man or you know teach your daughter what a man is supposed to be that's what the world needs right now that's what you need, even if you can't admit it to yourself right now that's exactly what the world needs. They need you to plug into fucking reality and play the game called life. Okay.
1: That's, uh... I think one thing that you need to realize is that you can level up in real life as easy as you can in a video game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You just hammer away the same skills every day, and if you just like you do these these habits, whatever, whether it's weightlifting or fighting or running, whatever it is, you gain experience in exactly the same way as you do in a video game hmm And you find these bosses. Maybe you don't you're not strong enough yet. Maybe you get choked out by some dude in the gym. But then next time you, you level up, you train. And the next time you kick his ass. And if this is like if this is an appealing kind of analogy for you, download an app like Habitica, which gamifies habits and you get experience points for completing daily tasks. If you go to the gym you earn points and you can level up your character in this app it turns it into a, a game basically and there's so many different things you can do based around this but it doesn't happen until you have that conversation with yourself mm-hmm. and until you until you realise that you deserve a better life and that it's okay to want a better life because when you become okay with that then nothing can stop you as long as your emotions are in check and as long as you as long as, long as you overcome these vices so as Devin said you don't realise what you don't realise <laughs> like the things that you feel when you stop these addictions is mind blowing the beauty you see every day and the, the contentment and fulfilment you get from normal things is far and away more fulfilling than any video game mhm
0: yeah absolutely I mean there are countless resources out there for any of you seeking to overcome your addictions just as just as there are resources out there trying to keep y'all in these addictions and enabling you there are just as many equally if not more potent resources out there for y'all to get past these addictions and unfuck yourselves and make your lives something beautiful and pregnant with meaning and fulfillment so um with that being said, we're getting close to wrapping the show up cuz James and I have our own lives to get back to. So we're going to go ahead and segue into the Q&A session here. So <clears throat> Our first question is are video games inherently bad for men or can they be used in a healthy way? So Start off easy. jeez. <laughs> yeah, thank you Praxis of Man. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Cam. So, whether or not they're
1: inherently bad, I don't think they are. I don't think video games are inherently bad. But I think the way that they are used and the way that they've gone into society and spread like a parasite is bad. Mm-hmm. The effect that they've had on men, whether they were intentional first order like, effects from the guys higher up, they were like, yeah, we want to poison these guys with video games, that's a great idea. Or whether they're just third third um, order effects have just come about because of video games, and the way our society is generally going with porn and with Netflix and weakness and Toxic masculinity, all this stuff. Whether it's just a side effect of that, uh, it's uh, I'm not sure. But I think everyone can agree that if you're playing too many video games, regardless of what it is, and this same goes for women as well. Like mobile games, God, mm-hmm. they're awful, and women play so much without thinking there's a problem. Well, that's, uh, that's a topic for a different time but I think everyone agrees that if you're playing as a grown man, house video games doesn't matter if they're good or bad there are better things you could be doing mm-hmm. ultimately it's uh, you, you could go into that topic and debate it for ages, I've debated people, I've, I've sat in the UK parliament twice talking to lords and member of parliaments and I was on the panel with this, one of the highest up women and people in video game industry in the UK. They were the head of the UK interactive entertainment industry company. Mm -hmm. I don't even know anymore. And she was one of the sourest, most appalling human beings I've ever had the pleasure to talk to. She was just awful. Mm -hmm. And she cared about nothing except getting parents in that audience... believe that games are healthy for their kids Mm -hmm. and that the video game companies have their best interests at heart and it was yeah it was not a fun time
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: video games aren't bad but the motivations behind the companies behind what they're doing to men is pure evil it goes beyond bad
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I mean
1: Sorry for a very long winded answer. Oh, that team. was
0: that was sure. good. That was that was good, but that that shows you the type of people at the tops of these you know, these conglomerates or businesses, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah, they're again, they look at you like resources. These are people who are no bullshit. They're they're psychopaths.
1: They're all yeah, they're all numbers. That's all they, she, this woman came with a huge notebook of statistics that she just kept flipping through all the time whenever argument got raised and I had to, I had this really powerful lord next to me, I can't remember his name, literally like Lord Thornton Bottom or something. <laughs>
0: That's a British name.
1: Yeah, it's so British, with a lot of power mm. and then to the left of me I had this woman and PhD researchers and all this stuff and I was like, yo, I have no letters, asked my name. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't belong here, but... All the parents afterwards came up to me and thanked me. Good, good. Because that woman didn't know what it was like. Mm-hmm. She didn't know the effect. There are parents who kids who commit suicide.
0: She didn't have kids, did she?
1: I don't know. Okay. If she does. They're not human. Or some weird amphibian lizard hybrid. Pop goblins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's all. She said she made this argument that the average gamer. Is a
0: 35 year old woman. Whoa.
1: Which of you, by
0: the statistics, yes, they are. Wait, so the average gamer is a 35 year old woman?
1: Yes, because of mobile
0: games. What the hell? See, mo- I I think that when most people think of the average video gamer, they think of the f- of the fat video game store owner from The Simpsons. They think he's some like they always think it's a guy and he's some fat basement dweller, right? But I guess yeah. it's actually, what a 35 year old cat mom.
1: Pretty much, just playing Damn. Candy Crush on a phone. God. And that's the kind Candy of, Crush. Oh my that's God. That's the kind of data they use to make all their decisions, and they don't think games are addictive. Of course not. It ag- ignores the fact that ninety percent of video game addicts are men, young men between sixteen and twenty five. hmm. And that four percent of gamers suffer from addiction to video games, probably even higher than that. Mm hmm. When you consider there's two and a half billion games in the world. <sighs> I'm trying to do some quick maths in my head, but that's about
0: twenty five percent of the population.
1: Yeah, that's like 50 to 100 million people, at least, struggling with video gaming. Mm -hmm. But they don't see that as a problem because they're not a 35-year-old woman and that's how they based all their data off. This is the head of, like, bigger than the CEO of EA and all this stuff. She Mm -hmm. makes the decisions on the UK gaming industry. Whew, yeah. And she is just flipping through statistics in a notebook because that's all people after her. Of course
0: she's never going to admit that the way she makes money is a problem
1: we finished that debate it was a fierce debate I got angry mm-hmm. she came up to me and said we should talk gave me a card and I threw that card in the bin.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was
1: not going <laughs> to try and reason that woman ever again mm-hmm. maybe I'll have her on my podcast in the future when I start
0: talking. I think that'd be great I, dude you know what I think it would too and I would love to hear you shred her on your podcast oh dude
1: it'd be great yeah she'd never come home she's far too busy Puffing up the shareholder's pockets.
0: I don't think she'd come on because she knows... She already knows from her first experience that you're not going to fold into her bullshit.
1: Yeah, that too. If she even remembers me. Right. Sort of just some bratty kid, I don't know. Nah. But uh, yeah, it highlights... That this is a deeper issue, and I think... Something I'm going to focus on more in the future, in the same way that people did with the porn movement... Mm -hmm. Is uncovering the darkness in mm-hmm. the industry. The shit that goes on that people don't realize mm-hmm. is astronomical and I wanna showcase that to the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will help people avoid video games mm-hmm. once they see what's really going on.
0: Right. I agree. Whew man this Sorry, is, this next is question, good. No, 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 This is this is good. I like it. <laughs> Regarding addiction, what are strategies that don't work?
1: Ooh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think my former employer is going to see this, but.
0: Well, he's a former he's a employer, so who cares, right?
1: Yeah, this is the guy that built Game Quitters. And he's done some incredible stuff. Like, he was the only one talking about video game addiction for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And now he's an international speaker, huge success. Oh, good. Okay. He's massive. The, world, the stuff the impact he's had on the world. Mm mm-hmm. Massive. But detoxing just doesn't work. For long term Treatment Because what happens is You go You commit to a 90 day detox And this is the same With like 12 steps and mm-hmm. everything um, AA These are all designed To keep you Hooked They mm-hmm. never They're never focused On helping you Escape forever So what happens With these groups With these programs Is You start off With this 90 day journey In mind and you've already failed on day one because your brain knows that if it just makes it through the 90 days scot-free, it can go back to gaming as much as it wants. It knows that subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make your life great for 90 days, or around about 80 days actually. first week's going to be tough and the last week's going to be tough. And you're going to have such a great time over these few months then a couple of weeks from the end you're going to start getting these cravings again because you know the 90 days are coming up and you're tracking on your calendar you're crossing out the X's Mm -hmm. you know the 90 days is coming up and you get to go back to video games even though you'd convince yourself you don't want to play again your brain is going to make you nostalgic about all the times you played all the things you did in Skyrim or whatever else Mm -hmm. and it's going to pull you back in and you're going to have to fight so hard to resist those urges, those cravings, the, the the allure of going back to your friends, back to excuse me, back to Twitch, mm-hmm. whatever it is that gets you to go back. And it might do this gradually. You might think, "Oh, just go see how your old favourite YouTuber's doing, or watch a Twitch stream, or I don't know, whatever it might be." And it's going to do this gradually, and it's going to bring you back into games or porn or whatever else some way or another mm-hmm. and the same thing goes for or similarly Alcoholics Anonymous to use that there's a there's a video game version but it's not nearly as popular it's called Algonon mm-hmm. which is Online Gamers Anonymous okay and they have their 12 steps same as AA Now, what these things do is they repeatedly tell you that you're an addict that you have a problem that it's your fault that you're addicted to video games or alcohol it's not the fact that these things are addictive by their nature that you got addicted to them. Mm-hmm. No, That doesn't even factor into it. It's your fault. You are the problem. Hmm. And you are always in recovery. Mm-hmm. You're never free of gaming. You're always a recovering addict. Always one bad decision from going back into that mm, world. I see. You never truly break free. Which is what you have to do if you truly want to overcome this addiction.
0: Sounds like victimhood enablement
1: you're a victim and they tell you you're a victim repeatedly mm. but you get this little badge every so often and whatever some people are saved by AA and do really well with it but they're in the minority the majority of people relapse and go back to their old habits if they follow these 12 steps or if they follow this old method of addiction and that's yeah that's something I've only realised in the last year or so have to countless failed attempts of using these old methods. Uh, and don't even try to play in moderation. Like it's just not going to work. That's the other popular form. Just do all or nothing. At least temporarily. Like just <laughs> you're not helping yourself. Right. Cutting down to a few hours a week because you're not going to stick to it. Mm. Unless you've got the discipline of I don't know Gandhi. Something. Right. I don't know. Was he disciplined? <laughs> Did he take cold showers? Yeah. <laughs> Did he his balls? <laughs>
2: but don't like,
1: unless you're a literal god of mm-hmm. discipline, these methods just aren't going to work for you. Right, right. And the only true way is three steps. You break down the conditioning and change your beliefs on video games, you rebuild them and create this new set of beliefs, Mm -hmm. and realize what gaming, well, realize gaming for what it really was, Mm -hmm. and then there's the after journey, the bit after it, what are you doing to build up your life, what are you doing to level up and create this vision for yourself, and making that as easy as possible through systems, habits, routines, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and that's the only long-term effective method for treating addiction.
2: All right. Anyway,
0: good? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next question Do you think there's a right time and place for video games, or does that road lead to the same thing regardless? That's another
1: good question. So, this goes back to something you touched on very briefly. Which is, if you're in a strong, stable household growing up, good relationship to both parents, Mm -hmm. and video games become a treat after you've done everything you need to do, and you're aware of why you're doing it, and you're not playing it for hours and hours on end, then I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think there is a place for video games in people's lives if they want them to be, like you said, you play a few hours here and there, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really affect you that much. But if you let the take over, and you. Gaming becomes your life, and perhaps gaming isn't the treat, it's the escape for. You haven't even accomplished a task yet, you can't even bring yourself to do it, then that's when it becomes a problem. And like, like I said, I'm not anti gaming. I'm anti-gaming industry, I'm anti-big gaming mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to use that term mm-hmm. big pharma, big gambling big drugs, whatever big gaming is nefarious and evil but the video games themselves can be fine for most guys when done in moderation and if you have no other responsibilities you're avoiding by playing
2: mm-hmm
0: That was a good answer. All right. Our next question. My husband works nights and doesn't have much of a social life. Gaming is how he hangs out with the boys. I've tried encouraging him to listen to self-improvement podcasts, but he has no interest. Any suggestions?
1: The age-old question that I've been asked a lot of times, how can women get their men to stop playing video games? Mm -hmm. And you can't. Yeah. It's, it's very hard, and it's going to be hard for you more than it is for him. It's if you genuinely want him to stop, if it's having an effect on his life and destroying him. Which, I mean, the night shifts and whatever else isn't helping. I change that first, honestly. If that's not a possibility, then so be it. But what you have to do is sit him down, Talk to him one to one and be so honest and genuine about the effect that video games are having on your life and how it's making you feel as a woman in a relationship. Because he can't see the effect, he has no idea. Men can barely see this stuff in women at the best of times, Mm -hmm. let alone when they're playing video games. Women seem to think that men are mind readers. With everything. Some guys are good at it, but a lot of the times you need to be upfront and explicit, and you need to give them an ultimatum. If it's really that bad, um, which by the sounds of it, it might not be, but in the case where it is, like destroying someone's life, well, they will react to emotion and a decision like. It's always been an old joke, like it's me or the console or something, but if you tell him that, he will, he'll be blown away because he'll think, I have no idea, like this was, uh, I didn't realize what kind of effect it was having on you, I'm sorry, I'll try to do better in the future. Um, Then I think that can be a great place to start, just be open and honest with him. There's not enough communication in relationships nowadays
0: that's an understatement.
1: yeah maybe that's not the case in yours maybe it's different but just you two human beings can have a conversation about their emotions and feel okay with it and it's maybe you can find something you can do together maybe you can join a martial arts gym or something like mm-hmm. so that'd be a great way to, to meet guys in real life Go to a comedy club or something or I don't know, go on a date Just find somewhere where he can meet people in real life mm. and it's, it's okay for him to talk to his mates every so often but if it's getting in the way of other things and if it's taking over his time then you're going to have to unfortunately step up and get him to make this decision yourself because it is unless you're a man you can't get another man to make a decision mm-hmm. easily. We can bully someone. If it's like our brother, we can bully them. Right. To stop him like <clears throat> But he's not going to respond to a woman bullying him like that. Mm-hmm. You have to lead with emotion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: I've had that question a lot. Yeah. From a lot of women. I
2: have a YouTube video on it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Damn. What is the link between video games and porn?
1: think of the strongest link the strongest metal chain link <laughs> you can think of and that's it like gaming and porn are both um there's a word for them is it behavioral addictions or something i don't know mm-hmm. but they're both digital addictions at the end of the day mm-hmm. porn is now a digital addiction mm-hmm and they both feed, I mean, we covered this a lot in the, in the show, but they right. both feed on the same basic fundamental needs of human beings, men especially mm-hmm. sex, relationships, achievement, competitiveness, social mm-hmm. connection, escape, and even a need for violence in some cases. Men need some outlet. For mm-hmm.
2: that.
1: And so when you put these two together and make them so accessible, just a couple of buttons and you're transformed you're watching porn it's easy and then you're done in a few minutes or a few seconds or in a video game a few hours and you're left like your brain experiences they've done studies, done scans on people's brains and they find that when you're playing video games or watching porn you reach the same level of stimulation someone is doing hard. Trucks, classic trucks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you do them every day, multiple times a day. For hours, on end. and it is just destroying your ability to process emotion, mm-hmm. and happiness, and fulfillment. To the point where the only way your brain is going to get satisfaction is through these vices, and no, nothing else will do it. Nothing else can substitute for it. You spend hours, in some cases, searching for the right video to watch. I've done this like you're searching for the perfect thing to watch Mm -hmm. then you find it and you're done in a couple of minutes like shit you just feel drained I mean literally and figuratively like Mm. you are emotionally spent
0: Dudes spend more time, literally, dudes spend more time anticipating the porn that they're going to watch and searching it up than they do pleasuring themselves to the porn once they find it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's like most of the time spent doing
2: that.
1: And the same goes for games. Like I used to have like 400 games in my Steam library, Mm -hmm. and I would scroll through all of them trying to waiting for some one of them to spark some enjoyment for me to play. And then eventually I'll settle on Skyrim. Because it's safe and
0: comfortable. Oh, reliable. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I can install some new mods. Get some new 4K yeah, textures in there. Yeah, like, oh,
1: I've always been this class. Maybe I can be a sneaky archer instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, whatever it is. And so, porn gaming is so... I, mean, I always use this pun, but they come hand in hand. And uh, a lot of the time you, you rarely find one without the other. And from a, I don't know all the science behind them. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And so maybe there's even more. Who's that guy who's written about? Is it your brain on Paul? Gary something? Um, he's done so much. Research into this stuff. He started branching into gaming as well. And
0: so I'd absolutely recommend checking out his website, his books. Okay. Your brain on porn. I'll do... Uh, I always post links in the show notes to various stuff, like my speakers' resources and other stuff like that. That'd be something else I can plug into the show notes here. People yeah, that want absolutely. to look into that. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And you'll find a wealth of knowledge of how those two are linked.
0: Okay, good, good, good. Good. Alright, so next question. What are the first steps one can take, and a realistic approach to breaking the habit for lifelong users?
1: I know I bashed on AA earlier, but you do have to realize there's a problem. Like You have to first make the decision, or make that choice that you are going to overcome this, and that you have a genuine problem, so without that you're not going to make a change. Mm -hmm. Straight up. That's not to say that you should realise that you're the problem, because you're not. But what you need to do is completely change the way that you think about video games and addiction in general. Because this is, I mean... My program is like two and a half hours long. I'm not going to go into that now. Mm. <laughs> um, and I can't condense all of that down into one answer. Mm. But if you've listened to this podcast and you've realized maybe you've watched my YouTube videos or something, or something has convinced you that video games are toxic and they're poisonous and they're not adding anything to your life, it really is as simple as taking back control and making the decision to be free it really is that simple because once you load up all these facts all this knowledge about video games then making that choice to stop is easy Mm -hmm. I often tell people if they go through my program that quitting gaming is one of the most effortless and easy things you'll ever do They don't believe me. I don't even tell people to quit in my program. Literally, there's not a line where I say, stop playing. They come to this decision on their own. Mm -hmm. Through the facts, through self-reflection. There's an analogy I like to use. So you have two restaurants, restaurant A and restaurant B. Mm -hmm. Restaurant A is the one that everyone goes to. It's close by, it's comfortable, but every time you eat the food, you feel sick. And you hate it. It tastes disgusting. Mm-hmm. But you can't stop going back. Because all your friends tell you it's the best. Like You don't want to feel left out. Everyone has a good time there. As soon as you go home, you feel miserable. And restaurant B is, is pretty far away. Like too far for you to easily commute there. No one goes there. And everyone's convinced you it tastes terrible. And no one's actually tried it. But the food is awful. So your friends say. But one day, you go to try restaurant B. You make this decision, I'm going to check it out there's no Google reviews, I don't, I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to go see what this restaurant is all about and you order the food, you, you walk in there there's no one there, maybe a couple of people mm. and you order the food and it's the best thing you've ever tasted it is incredible, it is life changing it makes you feel amazing, and you go back and you feel fulfilled and happy and full of joy you try and tell your friends about it, go and check out restaurant B, oh, it's so amazing all that stuff. They just shun you and, like, tell you to stop being an idiot, come back to restaurant A because it's so much better. But now you know the truth about restaurant A and restaurant B. And and knowing, if that was a real-life situation, knowing everything you know, why would you ever go back to restaurant A? Uh, let's just replace restaurant A and restaurant B with gaming and not gaming. Knowing everything you know about the effects that video games have on you, your mood, your relationships, your sleep, your finances, your physical health, your diet, your everything. Knowing the effect that gaming has on those, why would you ever want to go back to video games? And that's the fundamental message that I put out in my programs and my videos. Mm-hmm. So once you know all this, why would you make the conscious decision to play again mm-hmm. if you're addicted?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And ultimately it is that decision. You either play or you don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day. Am I going to play? No. Okay, I'm not playing today. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm free of video games that so no, I don't need to play. I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. And that is the distinction between people who are successful long-term and people who aren't. And there's a lot of little steps that you have to take to get to that point that mm-hmm. I can't put into this answer. Right. As long as it's getting, it. but ultimately it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Make that decision to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. and yeah. Go from there. There we go. There were a few other questions, but they would have had a lot of the same answers that you've already discussed, or. The answer that they are seeking was already discussed earlier in the conversations. So I think, I think this is a, <clears throat> a good part to wrap up here. So, um, for those who are interested in your content and seeking your help, where can people find you at?
1: So you can either contact me uh, via my website gamefree.gg. Um, search for me and James Good on YouTube. Or James Game Free on Instagram. Uh, Generally, if you search for James Good Gaming or Game Free in some social media, you'll find me. And I'm going to be a lot more active on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all these things going forward.
2: Excellent. So if
1: you have any questions, just send me a DM whatever else. I'll always be happy to answer.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast and sharing your knowledge I think that what you're doing is it's it's good medicine for the world I think that I think that you're saving a lot of people's lives I mean you've gotten um, what's what I'm looking for here like that message you got from that guy ten, from 10 months ago I mean I can't even imagine how good that must feel reading that and knowing that you helped guide that man into empowering himself and helping him break free of his addiction
1: it was inspiring mm-hmm. and it was just one video call
2: yeah. I've
1: got a discord community of like 50 guys mm-hmm. some amazing transformations in there mm-hmm. change people's lives with this program with my videos mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff I mean it's genuinely rewarding and yeah. fulfilling it's absolutely
0: absolutely man yeah it's an honor being your friend dude so
1: thank you you too absolutely Yes. Yeah, it really is.
0: Right. I'll post. Um, I'll post links to James's Instagram, YouTube channel, and all the other resources we spoke about in the show notes. So, thank you all for listening to my podcast, and we'll see you next time.